The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Ah, there we go. There we go. That that's always a great way to start things. I'm just trying to, you know, get a good get a good view of my fat head here. <laughs> but we're going. We're we're oh, live. We we're rolling. Oh, okay. Hi there. Hi everybody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Rough House Podcast. I guess this would be version 4.1. I... <laughs> That's too many versions to start yeah, over yeah. new. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, we're we're trying out new things. So if the audio seems different, if the video seems different, uh, it's because of the fact that uh, well, it is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Google was like, "Hey, I know, I know that everybody likes to use Hangouts for uh, for making podcasts easier. Fuck that shit. We're killing it as of August first. So." Uh, so here we are with Microsoft. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're back in the Skype realm. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, a quick thank you to uh, my dear friends Brandon and Jamie over at the fucking Do It Cast for explaining to me how exactly they record things. <laughs> and thank you, Marty, for yes. figuring for doing all this. Yes, yes. We, I say that now before we've exported anything. Yeah. Before we find out how much of a nightmare this is production wise, but we're gonna we'll give see. it a shot. We're gonna give yeah. it a shot. Uh, but, uh, welcome we'll to Rough House Podcast. McMahon here. Yes, yes, we'll, we'll, <laughs> it's good shit. It's good shit. We'll see. Uh, so hi, Chris. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself, man? Man, um, G1 season's killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, you know, I made, I'm, I've been making the concerted effort to watch every, block match every yeah. tournament match of this year's g1 and it is a daunting task there's so much yeah we're now 14 shows in yeah uh, we've still got uh, about another two weeks left yeah uh, week week and a half something like that um and yeah it, i mean the stars are out man and i don't just mean in terms of uh they've got all their big names in the tournament because they <laughs> do i mean just night after night hot fucking fire hitting the ring um i haven't yeah. seen i haven't seen today's yet uh but the internet tells me that naito shingo was fucking killer 
Um, oh boy, was it? Yeah, but uh, I, I I think we'll we should probably continue our uh, our trend of ending the show on a high note and talking yeah. G one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking G one at the end, which means, of course, those of you who don't give a shit about New Japan, you can just skip the end of the show. But uh, let let's talk about Raw real quick. Uh, Raw, okay, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> Raw was a good show on paper up until one baffling decision. It was definitely. Um, a Paul Heyman show through and through. Uh, we, okay. we had a pretty killer gauntlet match, uh, which resulted in Ricochet getting a U.S. title shot. Of course, I saw some of our OG 538 complaining about, oh, they don't do the automatic title shots anymore, but they give it to the guy who just last who just last lost the title. I, I'm fi- I'm still fine with it, though. I mean, it, it gives it a storyline reason for these things to continue. Yeah, it wasn't an automatic. He had to earn his way in. So, you know, yeah. they're sticking to their own rules, which is something that they don't always do. So I guess we'll give them a, a tick mark in the positive for that. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, we had a gauntlet match, uh, which involved Rey Mysterio, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Andrade uh, and Ricochet. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not anything to complain about, especially because uh, Ray and Cesaro fucking ruled. Uh, yeah. Andrade and Ray ruled as always, and we got to see Andrade and Ricochet, which was really fucking great. And now so, I want to see Andrade and Cesaro at some point. That has to happen. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. I would be all for that. I mean, Cesaro has proven himself to be a, a great base for flippy do people as yeah. as uh, Andrade. So maybe it, it might be a little bit of a clash because both are, are used to uh, catching people and flipping around accordingly. But um, I'm I'm for it. Let, let, let's give it a spin. Uh, elsewhere on Raw, we have new Raw Tag Team Champions as the OC get all the gold, even with their terrible name. Gallows and Anderson. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I refuse. I, I I can't. It's the... The Good Brothers. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've heard in quite some time. Yeah. Like... Yeah, you know, it's like that old Mitch Hedberg joke. Uh, we have to name this hotel. They had a meeting. It was very short. Uh, what are we going to call this place? Tree? No, double, double tree. tree. Fuck yeah! Meeting adjourned. And there, and there it is. What are we going to call these guys? Well, they've been going by OCBG. Let's just do OC. Fuck yeah, that's good shit. No, it's fucking stupid. All right. Anytime, anytime I hear the OC, I just immediately uh, imagine Arrested Development. Ah, the OC. We don't call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you hear the California song, and it's just like, no. <laughs> Fuck off. I know they're moving the Fox. Maybe this is maybe this is something Fox yes, suggested. Yes, Who knows, it, you know? Even though they're on Raw, and Raw won't be on Fox. Yes. Um, elsewhere on Raw, uh, Maria's still 24-7 champion. Uh, because people are scared to pin a pregnant lady, so that's that's uh, a certainly a way to go in th- that direction. I don't know if this means. I mean, I I know it's still part of the show, but it's like, are you just gonna take the twenty four seven title completely off the table, or is this gonna be like, uh, I don't know. Uh, our truth is gonna pose as our OBGYN and pin her while she's getting an <laughs> ultrasound. Like, God, I hope so. <laughs> that would be outstanding. Fuck your HIPAA laws. Um, but no, I, I feel like uh, Mike's gonna have to grow a pair and uh, and pin his wife to win the title back to get it back into uh, into rotation. I feel like that's probably the the way they'll go with it. Yeah. Um, but you know. 
Mike's been nothing but uh, emasculated over the past couple weeks, True. going on a month now. So you'd think at some point he uh, he he would man up, as the Briscoes would say, and uh, and get that gold. Yes, yes. We also had a, a big hot angle where Brock Lesnar came out and absolutely annihilated Seth Rollins, including an F5 on a chair. Uh, they they did an internal bleeding gimmick with Seth where he was, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, coughing up blood. I saw some people talking about how much more graphic that is than, uh, you know, getting juice on the forehead. I, I don't know. I, I think it's cheesier. I, I, I didn't really find it to be a super offensive thing. Uh, visually, it doesn't have the same effect. But if you're thinking of it from, like, a realistic sort of mindset, which you shouldn't because it's pro wrestling, right? You know, internal bleeding and, and ruptured spleens and, and organs failing and coughing up blood viscerally in a real life situation is a little more serious than a little slice on the forehead. Yeah. But if we're talking about the visual here, which is why all this is done, you know, Dustin Rhodes face covered in crimson is a lot more uh, uh, eye grabbing than than Seth, you know, chewing on a, a blood capsule and, and spitting up a little uh, viscera. Well, not yeah. not not the guy he's dead but right, uh right. but you know, <laughs> blood and guts as it were right right uh i i yeah it, it, it's a silly thing to do i get why they're doing it it was particularly strange coming off that that uh earnings call where vince mcmahon was talking about how the competition is all blood and guts and then yeah. you run a big angle involving blood from the guts it's just yeah. it's just a, a little a little weird um but and we'll get into aew's leaning into that uh, a little bit later on yeah, but yeah. uh you know i mean lesnar is the guy that gets away with all these things. Right. He's the uh, exception to pretty much every rule that they've ever had uh, in terms of contracts, in terms of uh, freedom to do things physically, stuff like that, you know, yeah. hard weighing Randy Orton's um, face <laughs> I open. I love that. With, Randy, uh, with Randy elbows. Randy, can you cut your forehead with a blade? Oh, no, that's barbaric. All right, we will have our 300-pound monster of a human bash you in the head repeatedly until you bleed. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he got a concussion out of it as well. Not, Not only was it just sickening to watch. I mean, there's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how my mind wraps around it because I love watching, you know, People legitimately beat each other up, but the fact that you're just intentionally elbowing this guy's forehead just to draw some blood, that's that's more barbaric to me than, you know, chopping somebody's chest to the point where it's like hamburger or something like that, you know? I, I think it's uh, an intent to harm issue. Because, you know, when when we watch, say, uh, you know, a New Japan strong style match and and they're throwing chops and and elbows and forearms and everything, it's uh, as as Steve Austin would say, it's snug, not stiff. Uh, It's it's meant to have an air of realism and, you know, it's meant to invoke realism, but they're trying to do these things in a safer way way i wasn't gonna say safe way but a safer way right yeah in the case of brock randy i mean yeah you can sit there and say well brock's an mma fighter so he knows what he's doing but 
I mean, how how do you bust someone's head open uh, safely? I like I I don't think there's a way beyond the old way of taking a razor blade that's been cleaned and taking the moment to carefully cut one's forehead. I know how gross that sounds. I know how ridiculous that is, but I don't know that that feels a lot more uh, planned and strategic than controlled. Yes. Yes. Than just going, all right, Brock forearm, uh, not forearm elbow, a guy repeatedly until his forehead splits. Right. And you could, you know, if you're if you're blading, uh, you know, it's a possibility you could go a little too deep and you get a little too gushy. Yeah. Dustin uh, Rhodes. Or <laughs> I don't know if you saw anything from AAA last night, but uh, Blue Blue Demon Jr. and Dr. Wagner Jr. in the main event did double juice and it was scary looking. Oh, yeah. Straight. Yeah. Bl- well, I, I love blood on a lucha mask as well. It gives it an extra fair, fair. extra visceral sort of thing to it. But um. Uh, I forget where I was going with that. Um, there's just there's less that can go wrong with with right, a blade, and right. you're not going to give yourself a concussion, you know, slicing your forehead open a little bit. Yeah, right. you may end up looking like Abdullah the Butcher, and and you know all these guys mm-hmm. with the with the scarred up foreheads, you know, from juicing for all these years. But it's not, you know, yeah. There there are more long lasting internal problems that could happen from from hard way and that sort of thing, and concussions and. The brain. The brain's pretty important for a person's functioning, I've yeah, come to realize. Yeah, turns out. Um, so, you know, the new advances in medical records show that the brain is very important. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know that before. Before we were like, yeah. ah, brain dumb, no need. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bash with chair 18 times unprotected. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, we've learned from the stakes, mostly, sometimes, mostly. occasionally. Yeah. Uh, depending on where we are in the world and under uh-huh. which organization yes. <laughs> we're currently employed. Yes. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, lot of factors in there. But, uh, but, yeah, you know, circling back, Brock is the exception to these rules and he gets to do these things and he's the one who gets to yank people out of ambulances and, and F five them onto gurneys, which looked fucking painful as shit. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that I'm surprised he wasn't legitimately coughing up blood after that. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Cause that was brutal. Right. Now, um, my ask to you with relation to this, does this make you want to see Seth Brock round? I don't know what we're at three, four, something like I mean, that. It's, gonna be the same match that we've already seen yeah you know uh either seth's gonna dodge some uh suplexes come out hot and then eat the suplexes or mm-hmm. brock's gonna come out with the suplexes seth makes his uh seth makes his comeback and then brock f f5s him 10 times and and regain and retains yeah you know it, it doesn't really uh, make the match must see for me mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's not a fresh matchup and I'm so pissed off about the whole Brock thing. So, you know, and Seth has cooled off significantly and it's just, you know, not, not a lot going for that in my eyes, leading into SummerSlam a week from today. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the only thing that, that could inspire an interest in me is if this match with Seth and Brock is basically the one, not 
not that they go Broadway, but they go Broadway for Brock. Basically something more than the eight-minute brawling sprint, you know, right. an actual really exciting back-and-forth match between the two. Because that's, that's the thing they haven't done yet. You know, the, when I think about it, you had Seth run in on the Mania main event in 31, yeah. uh, which, you know, didn't last very long. You had uh, Seth Brock kick off the show this year, and that went less than 10 minutes. Yeah. At this point, for them to have a proper, like, epic knockdown dragout match is really the only unique thing they can do with those two. And on paper, that could be very good. They, I mean, uh, not that long ago, we did a redo of, of the three-way they had with John Cena at, at the Rumble. They've right. had a great match together before. Um, but that's really the only thing I can think of. That... Brock sat out about uh, six of those 20 minutes. Six that's months. true. That's true. But hey, give me, give me a 15-minute fun match between those two. That sounds like a great time. But that's really the only thing I can think of that they could do to make me engage with this match you know for the third time plus it doesn't seem like seth's gonna win it back so there's also that sinking in the back of my mind like why why just why am i even gonna get invested into this just to just to have brock continue to be part-time champion and never be on the show with the title and then blah blah blah. so you know Whatever. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get someone new in the raw main event mix to go after Brock. I don't know who. Drew would be awesome. Let's. I mean, could... the the answer is right in front of us. Obviously, it's Baron Corbin. I <laughs> mean, he's done nothing but main event pay per views since WrestleMania. Hey, hey so... he, ha- he hasn't been on TV since, since Extreme Rules. Oh, That's okay. all I'm saying. I, I know it's only been a few weeks, but uh, yeah, he's he's I'll gone. I'll take your word he's on that. A, I haven't watched. Land. Um, then the big thing on he had Raw, he had to go to he had to go to Applebee's corporate yeah, and uh, do some uh, some sensitivity training after hitting uh, <laughs> Becky with the with, end of days. The end of days. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's that's something that the Applebee Corp uh, frowns upon <laughs> right, is right. Uh, is hitting finishers on females. Exactly. Um, yeah, the, 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 those are the tenets of the Applebee's philosophy. One yes. great apps, two big yes. drinks, three don't hit ladies with finishers. I mean, it's it's on, you know, you go into any Applebee's and it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's, it's right it's there, right on, there the plaque. on the wall. Yeah, when yeah. Steve Applebee's started this Applebee's yeah. with <laughs> one apple and a dream. I'm oh, sorry, an apple, a bee, and a dream. Yeah, yeah, it's right <laughs> next to the Radio Flyer uh, wagon that's securely uh, put on the wall, right, right. tchotchke-wise. Yeah, and a, a blown-up photo of John Belushi in Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me, Mr. Corbin, where's your flair Yeah. Your uh, Woo! Oh, not that one. <laughs> not, not, not that, that one. one. No, you need 82 pieces of flair on your vest. Okay. If you're a manager, <laughs> we're an 80 plus level right now. Okay. All right. Now go push some apps. And some Son of a bitch. Um, so the the big angle for Raw at the end of the night was what was on paper the Samoan summit, which sounded like the dumbest thing ever. God bless Samoa Joe. He comes out immediately says, this is stupid. I just want to fight Roman. So they basically did the Paul Heyman ECW special where it turned into just a gigantic brawl. Uh, it was, um, it was Roman. It was the Usos and Cedric Alexander of all people, okay. uh, brawling with uh, Joey Samoe, uh, Drew McIntyre, and I forget who the other guys were out there. A couple of heels. Oh, Anderson and Gallows. That's who else came out. So it basically okay. just was a, a, a big, wild brawl. I mean, I would have assumed the revival, given their thing with the Usos, but whatever. Just was a big, wild brawl. Get the crowd losing their mind. Uh, Cedric Alexander did a flippy-do off the Raw stage. Right. Um, 
I thought it was a really hot angle, and again, it is the Heyman special. Basically, what better way to go home than just have everyone fight each other? Uh, my only problem was, and I recognize I might be picking a nit here, but that's what we do. Why didn't the heels go over? The baby faces look great. I, I th- would think that having the heels <laughs> stand tall at the end would be like, oh, God, can any of these teams, you know, defeat the odds at SummerSlam? Roman wins, LOL. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. The other question is, why didn't they do this on this week's Raw leading into SummerSlam? That's true. Now they have a week in between to maybe this is where the heels, you know, look strong at the end yeah. somehow. I mean, it seems yeah. like more of a Survivor Series go home thing than a SummerSlam bit because right, you have, right. you know, opposing teams and such. But, um, you know, Survivor Series is the one night a year where yes. Raw and SmackDown go head to head. I'm yeah, not sure if you were aware of that. Supremacy. Brand yes. supremacy, Chris. Which That's... means absolutely fucking nothing. Yes. Uh, although it might, uh, if if what came out this week is true, it might mean something again, as apparently WWE will, for real, for real, this time, go back to the brand split sure. uh, in October. Sure um, they will. Now, the yeah. depressing part of all this, for what was, what I thought, a decent show. I mean, yes, like every Raw has its ups and downs, looking at you women's division stuff. Although, I will say this, Natalia is doing some great promo work building up this match that I think no one really gives a shit about between her and Becky. Um, in fact, I saw something she did today where she talked about how uh, SummerSlam is where the Hart family always does their best work. Um, bringing up, I mean, like, that's where you know, Brett won the IC Brett title. And uh, that's where Brett and Anvil won the tag belts and okay. you know, all these different things. I, I thought it was a clever uh, okay. way to, to work in her legacy. Uh, oh. But... Uh, Again, it's a match people don't care about. Anyway, uh, Raw this week did the lowest number since Paul Heyman started. Uh, 2.32 million down from the 3 million from Raw Reunion. Obviously. Uh, that's exactly what we said was going to happen. Yeah, it's going to go back back to the norm. Because, yeah. you know, I, I get, you know, like I said last week, I know why they did it. They did it to spike the ratings. That's exactly what it did. But, you know, the problem isn't. One week. The problem is the other 51 weeks out of the year where you have to try and make people want to watch. And they've yet to do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I guess that number started freaking people out because on Tuesday, SmackDown was rewritten twice. And I say twice because we had a version of the show that was announced over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we had... A brand new main event announced midday Tuesday on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Then about two hours before showtime, the main event was changed again, which makes me think Mm -hmm. the show was changed a second time. Uh, According to what's been said, the second hour was being written while the first hour was airing. And that's... uh... That's not good. (laughs) And that's that's also very stressful. Um, I can only imagine the average blood pressure for a WWE SmackDown writer uh, come Tuesday at 6 p.m. where everybody, you know, is forced to scramble two hours before showtime. And then, you know, more shit is thrown out as the show goes live where you have to focus on what's happening and then also write what's coming up later. It's it's not a good sitch. And now has Bischoff uh, assumed his role yet? I, I don't know. I don't know. I believe he is officially on the road with the show, but I don't know if he's doing his work yet. Um, and, and the thing that's so weird about all of this is, and just to give the perspective of a WWE writer, not just, okay, come 6 p.m. Tuesday, I start getting the jitters. 
Thursday nights, they write Raw and SmackDown. Right. And they write Raw and SmackDown until 3 o'clock in the morning on a Thursday. That's why they're able to announce on Friday, you know, the main event on Raw this week's going to be this. The main event on SmackDown is going to be that. How frustrating must it be to have to write hours upon hours, produce a show, and then you get to the show and here's here's a head honcho going, well, let's redo the whole thing. And it's just like, right. what what is it all for? I mean, is it any surprise that apparently the average tenure of a WWE writer is six months? Right. And it trickles down. It's not just the writers. It's performers. It's mm-hmm. graphics people. It's, you know, people in the truck who have to put the, uh, you know, the promos together and, 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 and video and social media people. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's it's it's a trickle down effect. Shit rolls downhill. And as soon as uh, Vinnie Mac comes in at the 11th hour and kicks the, the boulder down the hill, yeah. and, you know, then you're covered in shit. Yeah, and we still don't know uh, what Daniel Bryan's bring it, big announcement is. Oh, it's uh, that he became a forklift driver. Oh, good God. I was just going to get into that. So if you didn't see it, uh, A, watch the video because it is something to take in. It is terrible. Uh, as, I, as at least on my original read, the psychic powers of Charlie Caruso have gone terribly awry. <laughs> uh, so She grew up in Hawkins, yeah, <laughs> Indiana. Exactly. So, so Roman Reigns is supposed to do a promo to end SmackDown. Roman Reigns, which is a weird thing to end SmackDown. Yeah, on. Yeah, very strange. Roman Reigns is walking to meet Charlie Caruso backstage, and as he's walking, she she yells something about look out, puts her hands up, and then there's like thirty five camera cuts as we yeah. watch <laughs> as we watch like the scaffolding backstage slowly fall onto onto Samoan Joe. Uh, and he just kind of sits there covered in it, but then he walks away unscathed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, the you know, the cameraman puts his camera down, everybody's shuffling their feet all around, and they very easily lift him out of there, and he's just like... Yeah, he's like... That, like that, fucking that Luke Skywalker weird. at the end of The Last Jedi, and it's just <laughs> like... Uh, okay, that happened. Now, yeah. my first inclination um, was Daniel Bryan. Yes. Because, you know, that's where logic would put your mind to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then they decided to release on social media the fact that it was a an errant forklift driver that, that lost right, control. Right. And, and, and so then I'm thinking, well, it's heavy machinery going heel? Uh, well, see, is... <laughs> see I, thought, I thought that was basically them just going, this is a stupid angle. We fucked up. Let's just right. tie it up. But then a no. few hours later, they're like, the identity of the forklift driver has yet to be discovered. Ooh, what intrigue! <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 a new gimmick, you know. You you had a plumber, you had T L Hopper back in the day, you had the goon. Yes. Uh, now you got the forklift driver. There you go. This just makes me think of some of the worst Russo level shit. Hi, Vinny, Vinny Rue. Hello, fellow <laughs> network member. Uh, just, but this makes me think of some of the worst shit from his tenure in WWE and WCW. You know, who was the person who raised the briefcase at at King of the Ring? whatever with 99 who who was the driver of the white hummer that almost ran over kevin nash these things that never have an answer never had an answer and they're just gonna try to put someone in i mean fuck do you remember when it turned out rikishi ran over steve austin like none of these angles go well it's almost as if the brightest thing you can do is have someone attack someone in the ring and then decide to settle that dispute with a professional wrestling match. 
Huh, that's a novel concept. Uh, it made me think of um, Hogan, uh, Warrior, Two-Way Mirror bit <laughs> in WCW. That's that's what it made me uh, think of, which is not something you want to no, be reminded no. about. It, it's it just was... cheesy and silly and dumb and and who gives a shit like that that's really the was there really a fan that just went oh no roman reigns almost got poorly touched by a piece of rigging uh yeah and some empty road cases you know i need to spend ten dollars on the wwe network as soon as possible oh my god well your first month is only or first three months are only a buck yeah yeah. yeah, so that'll get you SummerSlam and um, Hell in a Cell and Cla- is that, that the next one? I tell you what you won't get for it. What's that? Is another Evolution pay per view because <laughs> that shit's out the fucking window. Hey, hey, hey! We are getting Trish against Charlotte Flair at SummerSlam this year. Yeah, something nobody asked for. Yeah, exactly. Because Trish Stratus was, of course, always known for her work rate. Don't get me wrong; in her time, she was superior. But. So you you have a a outstanding collection of women's wrestlers yes. on the roster currently employed yes. traveling week by week. Yes. And your decision is to go dig up Trish Strat. Now granted, she looks fucking amazing. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Charlotte could have a four-star match with a fucking bottle of wine. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure it'll be okay. Uh, but it's just the, the, the question is why? Like, Because it's what, in Toronto. That's why. That, that's, that is literally the only reason why I could think why they did it. So why not do Beth Phoenix? At least she, you know, was a great worker and is currently employed by WWE as an announcer. Is for Beth NXT. Phoenix from Toronto? And from fucking Canada, it's all the same. Oh, I didn't know she was Canadian. I thought she was from the states. Beth Phoenix. Well, at least yeah, she yeah. is she not? I don't know. I just uh, she's, she's married Canadian. to a Canadian. She's Canadian by by dicking. Yeah, oh, um, okay. okay. Canadian. She, she 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 had poutine inserted into her vagine, and Jesus Christ, <laughs> and she becomes Canadian. That's how it works, right? Yes, yes I don't that, know. that's never, mad. I, I'm a wrestling fan. I've never had sex. <laughs> I do a wrestling podcast. I've never had sex. I was going to say, I don't know. I see a lot of random stray children at wrestling shows. I think some have had sex. (laughs) I mean, it's a a one-time surprise, but yes. I know what to do with myself with some uh, scantily clad Jordan Grace photos, but aside from that, I'm I'm completely clueless as how things happen. I was going to say, I've I've seen our DMs. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Doing God's work, Paul. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's just, it's such a a weird thing to run that back. I mean... uh, yeah, Trish is perfectly fine in the ring. I'm sure the match will be perfectly fine. At the same time, and I know this is going to sound like the smarkiest of smarky things to point out, what what the fuck is Kyrie Sane doing? What's Asuka doing? What's, what's They're in a tag match for the women's tag titles, aren't now they? Now they are, but it's like Kyrie Sane has been on the main roster since April, and she's been on TV like four times. Yeah, well, she's a Kabuki warrior now, and they have their tag team that we haven't seen on TV in months that are getting a title shot that they earned on a match that was not televised. Yeah. So, you know, she's she's crushing it right now. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I have heard that the uh, Kabuki Warriors t-shirt is actually one of the best-selling pieces of WWE merchandise. Uh, awesome. 
because Dude, put them on TV. Yeah, cunts. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've never actually seen the shirt. It's I think it's one of the few shirt designs that isn't embarrassing to wear in person. Like it looks like it looks like one of the many like sort of fan made wrestling shirts that are all over Instagram these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, well, it, because the fans do a better job at uh, designing WWE T-shirts than WWE does. And accurate. then they wonder why their merchandise sales are down for the quarter. Accurate. No fucking shit. Your shirts are garbage. Yeah. I mean, what was it? There was that one fan who made the uh, Blood from a Stone shirt, but instead of Steve Austin, it was Becky's busted up face. Why that right. wasn't an official WWE shirt in a heartbeat, I don't know. But, right. you know, that I guess that's just where we are. Um, I know. Uh, yeah. Is it the, the, the pink shirt? With yeah, the, the pink uh... shirt with the big crazy front print. Okay. All right. I mean... It, it looks I, like it looks like something kids who are in streetwear would wear. I like the amalgamation of the Oscar and Kyrie saying like you know Avatar logo yeah. sort of thing. The pirate hat on the Oscar mask. I'm I'm kind of into it. Yeah, it's not something it could, I would wear, but like I said, people who are who are into streetwear probably fucking love that shirt, which is probably why it's selling well. Yeah, good for them. Good for them having a T-shirt. Hope they make a couple bucks off it because they ain't making bucks for being on TV. That's for goddamn sure. Speaking of T-shirts, Chris, guess what? The T-shirt company sold out another show. Hey, <laughs> hey. how about that? Yeah. Uh, so this week, uh, AEW put tickets on sale for their first TNT show, which is in our backyard, mm-hmm. uh, October the second at Capital One Arena, which I keep wanting to call the Verizon Center, even though it's yeah. not the Verizon Center. I still call it the MCI Center sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, we had a few matches announced for the debut. Uh, Cody's going to be going against Sammy Guevara. That was the first one announced. Yeah. We're going to get put butts in the seats. <laughs> Omega and the young bucks in a trios match against Jericho and two mystery partners. Mm-hmm. And we are going to be getting the, uh, official crowning of the AEW women's champion. Yeah. Um, and John Moxley's going to be there. Literally, that's all they said for John Moxley, that he's going to be there. Cool. Uh, but with those three things announced on Friday, uh, it was a fucking train wreck trying to buy tickets, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know entirely what happened. It sounded like it was a scenario where tickets were being released in waves and the amount of traffic hitting the, the Ticketmaster site basically borked Ticketmaster and they didn't. <laughs> They didn't know what to do, um, but yeah, which, which is crazy because that's what they do. Exactly, tickets. Exactly, that's, that's their that's, gimmick. That's, that's the, their bit. That's, that's what the they thing do. That they do. But uh, sure enough, uh, fourteen thousand seats sold. Uh, they're going to be opening up some additional tickets. So if you are one of the OG five thirty eight in the Baltimore DC area who was shut out, keep an eye on Ticketmaster. Keep an eye on AEW's Twitter because basically once they figure out the full scope of the production kills they're gonna open up some extra seats probably some with you know uh obscured viewing and and that sort of thing but hey if you want to be there live you're gonna be able to figure out how to do it i think pretty much everyone i know who wanted to go ended up getting tickets uh which is pretty cool and i saw a lot of people who follow us got tickets so uh gonna be a, a a nice packed house full of friendly faces which is pretty great um i think it's really cool that they sold it out i mean I, I saw, you know, the the standard hand-wringing people who basically need to change the, the goalposts every single time. Well, let's see what they do with week two. Or, oh, I bet a lot of those were scalper tickets. Hey, check out the StubHub. It's a few hundred at max. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, also, you have to spend a few hundred to get those seats because uh, l- literally within minutes of the tickets going on sale, like the $20 seats were going for 120 on StubHub, which is crazy. Um, I'm sure those numbers will go down by showtime. Um, sure. But it's just a fraction. Meanwhile, if you you know try to get tickets for SummerSlam on StubHub, there are thousands. Yeah. And by thousands, I mean like 2,000. But still, AEW is continuing to people who who understand the ticket business, people understand the live event business, people understand the internet pay-per-view business. They are continuing to defy expectations. Yeah, and buck trends. Yeah, pardon the pun. I, Don't I'm, pardon it. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and I say it week after week after week. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to kill Vince. They're going to be the number one pro wrestling company. Yeah. They're not. But what they're doing is goddamn admirable. And, and it's exciting. It is. It's incredibly exciting. If you didn't – if you watched <laughs> that Cody Rhodes promo that they posted on Thursday, the day before yeah. tickets got on sale, and you yourself didn't get a little bit excited for them, you're dead inside. Uh, they, as, as you said, they lean into the blood and guts thing. And yeah. and Cody said, you're damn right. We're blood and guts. It's the blood that pumps our veins. It's the guts we have to do this. It's the heart that we have to, to do something different. And people are coming out in droves and supporting this. Yeah. And it doesn't seem, you know, it's not just, you know, the, the hot topic uh, T-shirt wearing crew like this has professional wrestling as a whole um, excited yeah. and, and looking forward to it. And it's not often where you get that kind of fervor for a relatively unknown um product yeah you, you know i mean you know, we've had a couple shows and, that, yeah. and that's about it and by the time you know they we go to that show on the 2nd of october all out will be under their belts and we'll have an idea we'll have a champion yeah and you know we'll have uh an idea of what's going to happen with this tag team tournament that they're gonna mm-hmm. probably kick off that show as well or at least announce yeah. um something going into that uh you know maybe a couple more signings they just signed little marco stunt this past week yeah. um you know adding to the diversity of their um, uh, roster and, and locker room yeah so there's there's a lot of things going into to this here that just you know it, it di- it's different and it's exciting and it's fun and you know look we could go on wednesday the second and leave and be like Ooh, yeah i don't know yeah it's a very it's a, it's a possibility i'm not putting it out of the realm of possibility here yeah but um you know, from what we've seen uh, creatively, you know, uh, so far with them and uh, big picture thinking with them and how, you know, in mostly in execution. Sure, there's some production gaps that need to be uh, smoothed out and ironed out. And I don't expect all of them to be. Yeah, you know, WWE still has issues. I mean, fuck that. Yeah. We just talked about the Roman Reigns angle and how chintzy that looked. And yeah. they've been doing this for almost 40 years. Right. But having a Jim Ross there who is very well versed in how to put on big shows behind the scenes like that. An incredible asset having, you know, um, isn't uh, didn't Malenko jump over there? Yeah, Malenko is now an agent there. They got uh, Billy Gunn is an agent there. They've got DJ Whitmer is an agent there. They've they've got people who have played different roles in different size companies coming together to do something different. Right. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's it's ex- like I, you know, I keep saying the word exciting, but I'm excited because, you know, WWE for me right now isn't doing it. Um, so you know, obviously I'm getting my New Japan fix with a shit ton of G1 shows, but that season's winding down. Um, so you know, and then in the fall. You know, I think they do the tag World Tag League. Yeah, New Japan yeah. does, so we'll we'll have that to look forward to, and then the debut of New Japan or uh, of AEW, yeah. and you know, Fox getting SmackDown. It's it, a lot a, of things are ha- happening right now. In a one week span, New Japan will be in the United States. <laughs> yes. Then on Wednesday, AEW will premiere, and then yes. on Friday, SmackDown will premiere on Fox. That week will be massive for professional wrestling just because it's going to indicate the scale and scope of what american professional wrestling is that one of you know that a company that is selling out shows because both new york and philadelphia sold out and boston's on its way to selling out that a japanese import company is outdoing probably the what has been established as the number two and number three companies in impact ring of honor i don't choose which one you want to be which number um The AEW is going to put professional wrestling on TNT for the first time in 18 years at a sold-out Verizon Center, Capital One Arena, whatever you want to call it. And that WWE, for the first time in ages, is going to have a live program on network television. I mean, this is the the nut-up-or-shut-up time for all three of these companies. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, you know, Fox – is not UPN. I mean, yeah. UPN was, you know, a, a lower tier broadcast. It was broadcast. Yeah. I'm not the, saying that, but when SmackDown was on UPN, it was UPN and not Fox. I mean, Fox is yeah. a big four, one yeah. of the big four networks. So that's an even bigger deal. And yes, Saturday night main event back on NBC back in the day. Yeah. But that was Saturday, you know, weekend nights are not considered primetime TV. Exactly. Primetime TV is Monday through Friday, 8 to 11. Yeah. And that's, that's that's you know, the key demographics for making money. That's for advertising. That's for yeah. exposure. That's what's been established as the time. That's why it's called primetime. So, yeah. you know, to have WWE in primetime on a big four network is a big deal. So, yeah, that week is going to be exciting. We're going to be exhausted by the end of it because we're going to three of those shows. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Good <laughs> God. Uh, that reminds me, we have to figure out how we're going to do an episode Saturday into Sunday uh, for uh, while, yeah. while we're in D.C. or not D.C., sorry, uh, Philly and New York for New Japan. Maybe I'll I'll bring the uh, the Zoom with me and we'll record an episode uh, between the two figure, shows. Figure something out. Um, so AEW-wise, <laughs> double back to that. Did you watch Road to All Out this week? I haven't had a chance. I was catching up on G1. So uh, Okay. So uh, it, it's highly entertaining. Um, basically, the concept of this week's episode was the contract signing between Cody and Sean Spears. Right. Um, the chairman. The chairman, Sean Spears, who is now being mentored by Tully Blanchard, which is right. a brilliant touch if you know the history of Tully Blanchard with the Rhodes family. Right. Um, Tully, by the way, can still cut a fucking promo. Uh, the week before on Road to All Out, he explained why he's lining up with Sean Spears, and he cut this great promo where he uh, was very professional, very cool, calm, and collected, but he just was a healer son of a bitch, and he even referenced his history with Dusty. Okay. Um, so this week, they are doing the... Uh, the um, contract signing at the uh, AEW offices. Okay. Uh, 
Sean Spears shows up. Cody uh, is not yet at the signing because he's off training. They're doing the mega baby face thing with him. They're showing him like doing boxing training. They're showing him like running through the streets of Jacksonville with Pharaoh. Rocky, Rocky Four montage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he he's not there. So some of the legal representatives from AEW are trying to call him and he sends them to voicemail, all that. So uh, Tilly Blanchard says, well, all right, since he's not here, I want to start looking over the contract. So he reads over the contract, and uh, one of the things he does is he adds a stipulation that Cody can't have the full Nightmare family come out with him. He only gets to have one person because Sean Spears has one person, which is Tully Blanchard, which means there's probably going to be some sort of Brandy-Tully interaction. The thing that I really loved, though, was the uh, lawyer who's watching over this. She's like the legit lawyer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They do like an office-esque cut-in with her where she's just like, I have no idea why we're doing any of this. Like this day and age, people just – we email contracts and they sign them digitally. (laughs) I don't know why we're all getting together for this. This makes no sense. I just want to say if AEW's idea is to – take wrestling tropes and insert real world logic to them yeah 10 out of 10 i fucking love this i'm for that that's cool i like that so you know all these things get redlined into the contract and then cody shows up he's wearing his you know his his three-piece seat hole line he literally walks in grabs the contract signs it turns around leaves and sean doesn't say a word doesn't doesn't say a word no angle sean spears just sitting there going that's it he didn't even talk to me. He didn't even look at me. Like what? And I just thought, you know, that that is such a great like babyface way to handle it. Just match is happening. That's all I need. Like because logically, that's how a contract sh- signing should go. Yeah. Not ending with somebody being put through a conference room table. Yes. Yes. Now that being said, something that was also really entertaining was, as always, they had some meta gags on the dry ra- dry race board. Yeah, the, the whiteboard. Yeah. So they had the the checklist of different things, like you know, tickets go on sale ten two and and all that. But, but the best one was at the bottom, just big capital letters: more blood and guts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Now, have they confirmed that it'll be Brandy to be a second, they or does not... he have the option? They have not confirmed Brandy as a second, so I guess it could be anybody. Um, okay. I, I don't think he's going to bring Magnum TA out there. I don't think that's well, going to be the well, idea. I mean, that, that, that's not physically going to be uh, an imposing sort of thing. Right. But, you know, there are possibilities. Like the aforementioned Dean Malenko mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being one. Um, I know that AA is running out his non-compete. I'm not sure when that ends with WWE. you got to imagine oh, at some point. Great. Double A is going to be involved with AEW, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, uh, Arn and Tully do have a history. Right. So, uh, yeah. Also, maybe, uh, you know, you think of people who have walked out with Cody as Nightmare Family before DDP. Possible. Glacier. And Glacier was my, my second one there. Yeah. yeah so, uh, or maybe it could be Dustin. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, I, I already, by the way, just now got really excited for a packed uh, – packed crowd in chicago going nuts when arn runs in and does a spine buster to sean spears like oh, that would be great that would be amazing and you know those are the type of minute and moments i think aew is going for um but yeah uh, also uh just on the aew front triple mania was last night the right. one aew bit that is worth mentioning they ran back the six-man tag uh with the elite going against laredo kid and um the lucha bros okay. um 
post match because the elite went over this time. Post match, okay. uh, Kenny Omega challenged Phoenix to a match for the Triple A Mega Heavyweight Title. So I don't know if that's going to be in AEW or Triple A, but uh, oh. yeah, that's a match I really want to see. Because Kenny is facing Mox. Yeah, he's right? facing Mox at, at all, all out. out. Okay. Yeah. So Man, okay okay all right yeah. i mean kenny and phoenix i'm i'm here for so yeah. uh i'm cool with that so and refresh my memory who are the current triple a tag champs is it uh lucha it, bros it is a lucha bros although they okay. are having a rematch it all out in the right. ladder yeah. of death match yes <laughs> escalera del muerte yes uh, yes <laughs> uh, i love the loose translations there it's pretty yes. great um and sp- uh, speaking of Lucha and AAA and everything, a couple yeah. other notes. Triple Mania did happen. Cain Velasquez yeah. uh, made his pro wrestling debut. And he was wearing a mask. Yeah, he went full Lucha. He's teaming with Cody. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I forget who the third was on uh, that. But it was a six-man tag. Psycho uh, Clown. Was. Psycho, yeah. Who's yeah. like one of the most famous and popular. He's like the Naito of AAA. Yes. Um, so it was a six-man tag. And I saw a couple uh, gifs of Cain Velasquez doing some very impressive things. So yeah. uh, from all from all accounts, uh, he you know really took to this well. Uh, almost like a Rousey-esque sort of um, uh, lateral move to pro wrestling from mm-hmm. uh, from MMA. So curious to see what happens there with him. Um, and Aerostar had another crazy uh, jumping off of something high onto a bunch of people spot yes. last night at Triple Mania, as he's wont to do. Uh, we had Vampiro and Matt Stryker on commentary. Is anything uh, come about from that? I know I, we were I, excited to see Vampiro fucked up this time. I, I have not heard anything, uh, but that that just means basically I need to wait for uh, the next episode Watch of Watchmania. Because I'm sure <laughs> yeah. there will be something or some things. Also of note, uh, Tessa Blanchard won the AAA uh, women's title last night. Oh, cool. Good for her. Yeah. So. I thought she just got injured. Did she not get injured? Or maybe I'm thinking uh, of somebody else. No. Oh, no. It was Rachel Evers. Yeah, Rachel injured. Evers screwed up her name. Ellering. Nay yes. Ellering there. So that's that was that was that one. Oh, yeah. All those uh, second generation women occasionally confuse me but tessa blanchard is legit um mm-hmm. you know uh so that's that that's cool i know that there was another i saw a botch spot of somebody some one of the women being pushed off the top rope supposed to go into a ladder and just totally whiffed and just fell flat on the floor yeah that that was from that <laughs> tlc match that tessa blanchard won the women's title in um okay i know taya was in that match as well because i was. saw her thick duper on the outside i i wonder if this means that tessa is going to be a part of the triple a msg show which is still a thing that's happening in september oh, yeah. yeah oh christ that's yeah we, yeah I don't, I with don't everything else i don't well, think i'm gonna no, no, no. We, we we've bought too many tickets chris we've bought way too many tickets <laughs> way too many tickets this is so yeah, bad yeah. so i sign a fucking paycheck over to you for all these wrestling shows did you catch christ. nxt this week chris i caught everything except the main event oh the main event was the best part I know it's it's on my queue. I'll probably get to it later today. I didn't, but the most exciting thing of that show, and I'm sure that match between Roddy and Pete Dunn is great. But yeah. the reunion of Breezango just makes my heart happy. Yes. Uh, Fandango coming out for the save for Tyler Breeze um, after being beaten up by the Forgotten Sons. That's just need more. I, I've missed Dango so much. Very happy to have him back, and it looks like he's back in NXT mm-hmm. um, on the reg, just like Tyler Breeze is. I think his uh, his icon on the dot com website is with an nxt logo so uh i'm happy to see what happens for them you know if you 
give me a Brizongo versus Undisputed Era tag team match because, you know, that's just something I need to see happen in my life. Or even with the Street Profits, whoever ends up winning a takeover next. Fuck, takeovers next week, too. Yeah, yeah, next oh, Saturday God. night. Uh, Jesus and- Christ. And uh, maybe that's what we'll do for our Patreon app this week. We'll do some quick predictions on TakeOver Toronto because that is a six-match TakeOver now because they just added Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, which means for, the I think, the first time ever, two women's matches on one TakeOver, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and that's one I'm very much looking forward to with Shithead EO and, uh, and, you know, white meat babyface Candace, who's just adorable and and lovely in every way. Um, So, yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, And rumors and scuttlebutt abound this week to make myself happy Mm -hmm. as – Rumor has it <clears throat> that this September class of uh, the PC will include uh, El Hijo de Fantasmo, a.k.a. King Cuerno. Yeah. On the ground, who is dope as fuck. And your boy's uh, finally is, getting the big call. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm happy that he's ending up somewhere big. I was kind of hoping he'd go to AEW. Yeah. Just, understandable. Uh, you know, because his experience with with penta and phoenix and i want to you know a a cuerno uh versus kenny omega match possibility got me really excited in the jumblies downstairs but you know nxt is still good you know the uh, uh garza angel garza is down there now maybe we get a you know 2019 mexicals sort of thing oh god oh god <laughs> or a um those are the ones who wrote in on the uh, lawnmower right? yes yes that yeah. was the mexicals um yeah. My question mark is who the fuck else is going to be available to be in that September class? Like, I don't know who's left. I know the the indies have been effectively raided by everybody, yeah. and you know it, it's caused another shutdown in in uh, in the UK. Yeah, as a uh, defiant, um, I believe is the is yeah. the one that just shut down. Yeah. Wrestle Circus had to shut down last week. Well, that had nothing to do with WWE. That well, has no, but to do with, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying issues. the closing of indies. Yeah, yeah, but uh, defiant, the former WCPW, uh, shut down this past week. Uh, also, uh, something kind of interesting: Jim Smallman, who uh, has been basically the voice and face of Progress Wrestling. Uh, he's basically their ring announcer, MC, that sort of thing. Uh, he announced he will be leaving Progress Wrestling at the end of the year because uh, he is going to be going full time with NXT UK. It's it's I mean, it's now known more than it was before. But basically, the Progress guys have been running NXT UK. And uh, right. Yeah, he's he's committing full time to it. <clears throat> Which, you know, I'm I don't know much about what's happening over there, but I did see Tyler Bate come out and take out um, um, Ring Comfort. What do they call now? Imperium. Imperium. Um, yeah. And just went through all of them while wearing slides. So yeah. Tyler Bate, bless you for not losing a flip flop during that uh, whole exchange. You glorious, glorious, big, strong boy. You. Yeah, that's actually going to be the main event of NXT TakeOver Cardiff. It's going to yeah. be uh, Walter and Tyler Bate, which should be hot fucking fire. Hell yeah. Uh, if if the last uh, NXT UK TakeOver show was any indication, this should be a, a really good one also. And who's Tony Storm facing in that? Do you uh, know? I don't recall off the top of my head. Okay. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Good good news. Not until the end of August. Yes, it, that means it's like three hours before All Out. But, you know, we're, we're, we, we got some time <laughs> to worry about that show. Uh, so much wrestling. <laughs> so much wrestling. Because on that same day, that's when New Japan is in England. So Right. Right. Oh, yeah. We haven't even talked about G1 yet. So. Yeah. Which I, I think now is a great time to go ahead and get into yes. it. So since we last spoke, there were one, two, three, four nights of G1 oh, action. 
All of which were fucking great, by the way. Yeah, uh, the stars are out. Just galaxies worth of star ratings to toss out for each and every night. Let's just go through them night by night. And of course, Chris, you've been keeping uh, keeping the OG five thirty eight abreast on our Patreon with your star ratings. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I will say, uh, over the past two nights, I gave out two five stars, two five star matches. Uh, and two four-and-a-half-star matches over the past three nights. Yes. So let's go ahead and start with July 30th. We had uh, for night 11 of the G1 Climax. I- I'm just going to go through the block matches here. We had yeah. Kota Ibushi uh, defeating Bad Luck Fale. Um, I thought it was, it was all right. Fale yeah, it, it, yeah. F- <laughs> you know, Fale is to the A block what Yano is to the B block, except for Yano does entertaining matches. Yeah, I was just going to say there's a big difference that being entertainment. So, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was not much of a, a match. But, you know, it was one of those things. Everybody had to go through their Fale match. But it was uh, followed immediately by a barn burner. Yeah. Of, uh, two Brit rest superstars going at it in, uh, in New Japan with ZSJ and Willie Ospreay. And, man, that that was a technical wrestling masterpiece right there. Absolutely. I, I mean, Ospreay is known for being a flippy do guy. Yeah. But this is a match that showed that if he wants to work traditional, he yeah. can work traditional. And his stuff, I mean, it'd be one thing if, like, okay, he's good at the flippy dues, but his technical wrestling, while proficient, didn't look great. It looked fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I, I just sat there going, like, oh, if if and when that guy wants to slow down, it's going to look just as impressive, as as crisp, as engaging as his flippy dudes. And yeah. uh, I thought it was a real great match. I was surprised to see Sabre go over, though. Well, I mean, and it, it, it is funny because a lot has been made of Will Ospreay being a junior heavyweight coming into the, the G1 tournament. Meanwhile, right. he's got a solid 60 pounds on ZSJ, if yeah, not yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, ZSJ is a little more established in that division and he needed, you know, a couple uh, he needed a couple double he needed a aw actually no he yeah. had a win he had Fale by count out but he hadn't pinned or submitted anybody mm-hmm. before willio spray he got him to tap out um which was an interesting uh yeah it was an interesting decision but you know osprey um i don't i don't think anybody pegged him to win yeah. uh, g1 uh, by now he's mathematically eliminated from winning but uh but it was it was a hell of a match and you know gave uh gave us uh something great there i don't know where i was going yeah. with that but I, I will say this i i fell the fuck out when they did the spot where osprey did the shooting star and saber turned it into a triangle yeah fuck my life that was awesome <laughs> Uh, We had Kazuchika Okada going one-on-one against Lance Archer. Lance Archer continues to bring it in the G1. I mean, look, he's in there with Okada, but fuck, he has been so good in this tournament. He did did a a moonsault off an old school. Yeah. (laughs) On the ropes. Yeah. Okada. It was fucking ridiculous. I mean, he got a lot of offense in an Okada, too. Yeah, yeah, I, and and it was what you wanted it to be. He played the big monster, Okada played the hero. I mean, it's a classic pro wrestling trope, but it was executed wonderfully here. Just just one Rainmaker, I think, uh, to, to put Archer away? I believe so. I believe just one. If I had a quibble, that may have been it. Like, yeah. you know, as, as dominant as Archer was, mm-hmm. maybe get a, you know, a, a not not all in rainmaker and then the the all in rainmaker i don't I, you know if if yeah. i'm picking apart things cuz yeah. you know i tend to gush a lot about the new japan so i want to be a little more discerning 
And yes, Jeff Goldblum, how can we help you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't, can't think of the word. Uh, crit, crit, critical. Yes, critical. That's yes. The word. Uh, but I mean that that's true of anything. The more you engage with something, the more you see the highs, the lows, the etc. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, honestly, at this point, if you haven't gotten into the G one. Uh, what I will say is really the only way to, to do it is just watch what people have loved. Uh, it, yeah. It's usually what I do most years. I've been following this one a little bit more closely because you've been following it more closely this year, which has been really cool. Yeah. Um, but most years I normally just kind of go, oh, that was the five star match of the show. That was the right. five star match of this show. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's been really fun to watch, even if it's a lot of goddamn wrestling. Uh as we still talk about the first of four nights this week, uh, <laughs> the battle of the all caps Sonata took on Kenta. <laughs> that's, that's solid right there yeah and the match was solid as well sonata having a breakout tournament more on that later yeah. um but uh yeah hell, hell of a match with uh with with kenta and kenta continues to to shit head it up and be uh be really entertaining and, and hit yeah. some good stuff and uh you know it's it wasn't the I don't know if it was the best match of the night, but uh, it was it was a good good damn match. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is uh, just while we talk about Kenta and, and his G1 so far, um, you know, I've really enjoyed having him in this. What's interesting is the Japanese fans are Not. hating it. They're yeah. absolutely hating his run. <clears throat> uh, people were translating comments on YouTube and yeah. they're just like, Kenta, go back to Noah. Kenta, go back to WWE. They're not having it. Um, meanwhile, a poster came out for the next tour, the Destruction Tour, and Kenta is prominently featured. So uh, he ain't going nowhere. Well, you know, heel's going to heal and you got to get the heat somehow. So yeah. if that's the if that's the heat he's getting. You know, he'll he'll lean into it and, and heal it up a little more. Uh, so that was a lot of heels in that sentence. There. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, as of somebody who hasn't really seen him in his element before, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so uh, main event of Night 11 was Tanahashi and Evil. Uh, one of those matches that really made me wish that Evil had uh, gotten a less injured Tanahashi by the time that they started having matches against each other. But uh, I believe this was the night where basically the story was um, that Tanahashi is trying not to go for the big moves because his knees and everything are going out on him. But right. he realizes, fuck, I have to do the big moves Yeah, and starts throwing bombs against evil, which is such a great story. You know, that basically the old gunslinger out there for one last ride and, and, right. and trying to make things work. Um, I mean, Tanahashi is just so fucking good. And yeah, uh, even, even banged up and at his age, he's still yeah. fucking bringing it at a, at a high level. And that match was fantastic. You know, evil was throwing everything at him and, and Tana was taking it and firing it up. And like you said, realizing he had to go do do, you know, do the big spots and and did. And what a fucking match. It was really damn good. Absolutely. So that takes us to night 12, uh, which was on August 1st. This is a big block B block show. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi kick off for the block best match Cobb's had all tournament i feel hands down yeah, yeah for sure he he really you know maybe it was because shingo where you know he's wide but sh smaller in, in mm -hmm. uh, like you know most people are are not as wide as jeff cobb in the world yeah. um but uh you know 
Shingo's toughness and Cobb's uh, ability to toss people around was yeah. a really good mixture there. Yeah. And, you know, Shingo standing up to Cobb and, and fucking wailing into him was great. And, and Cobb tossing them all around. I was I was there for. Yeah. And I know we're in Sinclair's backyard, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and shoot my shot here. Hi, anyone at Ring of Honor who is listening. Uh, Marty Day here, a rough ass podcast. Um, I think it would be really great if you just hot shot the belt on to Jeff Cobb. Uh, you had the opportunity already, and you fucked it. But you can just yeah. do it now, and let's just run this as a blood feud. Let's let's use that New Japan connection and just run yeah. Cobb and Shingo in every fucking city. Like, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Take my money. I'll give it yeah. to you. Yeah, we bought a lot of tickets these past two weeks. Right, we'll buy and more. if it's close by, it's it definitely helps. Yeah, yeah. So let let's make this happen, guys. Come on. Uh, then we had the first loss. Of wow. John Moxley in the G1. Not the only loss. More on that later. First. Uh, uh, but the first loss as Toro Yano defeated John Moxley <laughs> by count out. That's that's the that's the biggest one uh, of this tournament for him by far. Yeah. He's had a couple couple sneak up victories there, but man, you know. So let's 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 talk about this match. I there was a there was a thread yesterday, a, a tweet that got circulated about Mox saying that he's just the same Dean Ambrose doing the same sort of matches with hokey bullshit. And I wanted to reach through my phone to that person and smack him upside the head and say, so motherfucker. Dumb. You can't base everything he's done on one match against Toro fucking Yano. Okay, yeah. this is this is Yano's bit, and Mox was there with him the whole way, doing doing the comedy and and the yuck yucks. And but that's, you know, you need to be a well rounded performer. And exactly. Lord knows, being in WWE for close to ten years, you learn how to do some yuck yucks, whether they fall flat or or, or hit. And you know. Mox is definitely well versed in doing it, and I was looking forward to this match for that reason. And you know, it was it was pretty much just what I expected, and very fucking clever. I love the finish. Um, Yano likes to have some uh, some tape and tape his opponents to get a count out win, mm-hmm. and usually he does it to a guardrail or a table or a chair somewhere out in the middle of the arena. But this time, he gives double low blows to Mox and his uh, his junior uh, shooter. Shudo Amino, and uh, they both go down. So then he tapes their legs together. Uh, at the as we're in the teens, uh, and they didn't couldn't get back into the ring in time. Yeah, and it was a fucking stroke of genius booking there. Uh, because at that time he was undefeated. Mox was in New Japan, yes. so his first loss being at the taped hands of Toriano was fucking great. Now, this is the part that makes G1 interesting is not just a getting to see things like Toriano uh, defeat John Moxley, uh, as was pointed out. And, and uh, of course, so I can recount all the details. I have recaps here uh, in front of me with Yano winning. This made it. So everyone in the B block that had four points was still in contention. Yeah. Because if Moxley won, it would have eliminated them from the tournament. Right. So, yes, it was a comedy match. Yes, it was silly. But it added to the storyline making these other matches throughout the rest of the tournament actually count. Right. Which is yeah. just like, wow, just brilliant fucking shit. And, again, it's basic win-loss pro wrestling here. I yeah. mean, just, just really clever, really fun. And at the very least, if you don't want to sit down and watch a match, cool. Hop on YouTube, watch the post-match promo as John Moxley explains how he's going to get revenge on Toroyano, and uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking it's, good. It involves it's, a birthday. It's only kid. like a minute and a half. Yeah. And it's it's just Mox being the, you know, fun, creative guy that he is. It's 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 a hell of a promo. Um so after that we had what uh Naito, Naito and Juice. And Juice, which was really fucking good. Naito Yeah. in you know, and today's match notwithstanding has had a hell of a tournament in terms of uh match quality and length. He's yeah. his matches are, are have been longer ones. But Juice, you know, uh, I've earned a uh, he's earned a lot of respect for me, Juice Robinson has in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been great. I loved Juice uh basically running back the the trolling on Nido by taking his time removing not yep. one but three shirts. Yeah, the and the jacket yes. and everything ahead of time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Uh, and they just had a really awesome match. Uh, really, the only bummer to me was Juice didn't go over so they could run a, an icy title match between the two of them in the fall. I mean, I'm sure they could still do it, but sure. that would have meant it had to happen. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a great match, just a great time. Really enjoyed it. Uh, then we had Jay White and Tai Chi. It was fine. It was a match. Yeah. Uh, but Goto and Ishii Hell to close yeah. out that night was fucking dope. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Those two have a history of brawls. I mean, if you're a, a new fan of New Japan who jumped on due to the G1 Climax, like our dear friend Chris, uh, hop on New Japan World. They have a history of great matches. This was another and a storied legacy of throwdowns between Goto and Ishii. And yeah, just a great way to wrap up a night of really fun professional wrestling. Yeah, strong style hoss fight. I mean, that's really all you need to know. It was it was pretty damn good. So yes. uh, yesterday, Saturday was mm-hmm. night thirteen. Uh, that was a block action. Yeah, this was Kick- the one that was on uh, access last night. Oh, did they? Okay, uh, yes. the whole did they do the whole show or just the block matches? Just the block matches. Okay, yeah. all right. So kicked off with uh, Bad Luck Fale and Kenta. Yeah. Um, I thought which... Kenta did a fine job with Fale. That's that's not an easy thing to do. That's that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it was it was as good as I don't know. Maybe maybe a, a smidgen better than some of the other Fale matches of the I tournament. Mean, the but of course, the rest of the BC the got one, involved. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna say the best Fale match is still is the SJ one, but. Yes. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, you had uh, Jado out there and Chase Owens out there um, and Fale, you know, found a way to pick up uh, another W, right? This is the one where he uh, the the rest of the Bullet Club got involved Mm -hmm. and Fale got the pin over Kenta there. So now Kenta is two losses, if I'm not mistaken. Right. One to Okada and one to Fale now, which mm-hmm. is wow, what a weird uh, that's dichotomy, a lot of, right? A yeah. lot of space in between those two there. Yeah, but um, you know, numbers game, baby. Sometimes you know, it's a trope. I'm not going to say it's not, and you know, uh, maybe I, I didn't love it as much, but uh, you know, it was something different than uh than everything else i guess yeah. and that mistake i don't know yeah uh, another surprise match uh zsj and lance archer turned out to be really good again on paper when you when i looked at the g1 lineups i was like oh that's gonna be a waste of zsj but yeah g1 archer coming strong uh really really fun match two guys with very different styles not yeah. a styles clash though it, it worked out really well and was enjoyable it had a very realistic feel to it but between zsj trying to work his holds and and archer you know just being a 
big angry motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and, and ZSJ just like crawling onto limbs and, and yeah. attaching himself and his little little spidery self uh, to the big man Archer is is a very good visual. Yeah, yes. that was a really fun match. Um, after that, uh, Evil and Willie Ospreay had yeah. a hell of a fucking match together. Yeah, a great match, but uh, sorry that it showed up at that point in the card because uh, if you had turned off the G1 show, at that point, what a match those two had. But then two yeah. more were to come that blew it out of the fucking water. Uh, as we got the run back of last year's G1 uh, with Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi, which the torch is passed, man. I, I, oh, I think yeah. that was the story there that uh, that Kota is now the guy in New Japan. What a great match. The, the slaps, the, the fighting spirit spots, the... God, the fucking Kamagoye at the end. Oh, yeah. So, there was, there was so emotion good. in that match, yes. you know, because Ibushi clearly idolized and looked up to, to Tanahashi and everything that he's accomplished. And, you know, I think part of the reason uh, maybe he signed with New Japan full time is to assume the position that that he could tell Tana was uh, uh, slowly stepping away from. And mm-hmm. this if there was a passing of the torch moment in match, this this sure as fuck was it. It was a it was a hell of a contest. Uh, it's it's pro wrestling storytelling man and with with athleticism to boot it was it was outstanding and speaking of stars getting made the main event sonata finally getting his win over okada 12 seconds left in the match they went 29 minutes 48 seconds on a 30 minute time limit and as good as their prior matches had been i mean this match was all out fantastic uh sonata looked like a made man at the end of this match Pretty much, and it proved Skull End to be an effective finisher. Finally, yes, yes. very true, <laughs> very very true. Well, not 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 full on finisher, but at least set up to uh, to a duo of moon salts to get it done there. Uh, but man, yeah, those guys traded blows and reversals and everything back and forth. It was. It was it was a it was a contest of champions, and the champion got pinned, which yeah. is you know not something that happens often. Uh, and, that was and the, the I, first match for uh, Okada losing the tournament. Yeah, uh, I, I guess that means that we're going to get Sonata Okada at some point during the Destruction Tour after this, yeah. um, if not made of any one of the big Destruction shows. Uh, and and I'm for it. Uh, and also an appropriate time for Sonata to get that win because I don't know if you saw what was going around wrestling twitter yesterday i did uh, sonata is a free agent right now and uh a a certain company in stanford connecticut is knocking at his door so um boy (laughs) yeah yeah uh i i hope that uh harold mage and the uh and the new japan crew back up brink's truck or whatever it's called in japan because the bushi road truck yes exactly exactly (laughs) uh because uh, Sonata is, it deserves to be, he's shown in this tournament, he deserves to be one of the guys in the mix at the top. And not only by his his physical acumen, but dude is fucking over. The yeah. crowd loves him, even though yeah. he's in a heel stable. Yeah. And most of the time works as a heel tag team. They are yeah. fucking, in, I mean, LIJ are kind of the, the NWO, the cool tag team sort of thing exactly. that the crowd gets behind. But they fucking love them, them Sonata, man. I don't know. I don't, I, he's such a weird look. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the beard. Really, it's, it's, it's the, the beard he and looks sometimes like, the hair. He looks like a Soul Caliber character. That's really yeah. what it is. He, yeah, he, he looks 100%. like he looks like he should be in the mix there. Um, and yeah. then this morning was night fourteen. 
I haven't had a chance to watch this, so Chris, catch me up to date. Uh, it was a B-Block show. First match was right. Ishii and Yano. I've heard great things about how these two mix together. Yeah, it, it was a it, it was a fun match with you know uh, Ishii not putting up with any Yano's bullshit essentially, <laughs> uh, and just is taking everything and dishing it out. And you know it went a little longer than a lot of Yano matches. And Yano ate, ate some shit. <laughs> he took some shit in that match, uh, but it was fun and entertaining. Uh, tai Chi and Juice, you know Tai Chi really hasn't set the world on fire for me much in this tournament. Um, but juice, juice got a pretty good match out of him. Of course, you know, Kanemaru was out there, uh, <laughs> as a second for, for Tai Chi. So of course that had a little bit involvement in there Shenanigans. as well. Yeah. There, there's always some shenanigans with Tai Chi, but that, that was, that was pretty good. Um, Cobb and Goto mm-hmm. was, uh, was good as well. I felt like I, I could have gone for another five minutes of that. It was, okay. uh, you know, it was another one of those uh, strong style hoss fights mm-hmm. in, in in the vein of uh, of Ishii and Cobb and Ishii and Goto. You know, it was one of those sorts of matches. That was good as well. Um, Mox and Jay White was up after that. And, you know, it was my problem with this is the problem with a lot of Jay White matches right now is mm-hmm. that fucking Gato, uh, you know, the, the just and it's a heel. I know it's a yeah, heel yeah, thing, yeah. and uh, obviously we're shooting for Mox here. Um, but you know, Gato get involved, and that leads into uh, you know, kind of the finish sort of sort of thing in there, and it kind of detracts a little bit out of what could be like if 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 um uh, what's it not Juice um White Jay White yeah. Mox had like a legit one on one fair fight, mm-hmm. then it would be fucking killer. But shenanigans right. getting away and detract from it a little bit. Uh, but the match of the night by far, Shingo Takagi and uh, Tetsuya Naito in a battle of the Lij uh, mm-hmm. beasts, and they fucking. You know, the old adage is you lay into your friends and, and stable mates more than you do um, uh, enemies and, and stuff like that. These guys fucking laid into each other. And yeah. it was fucking outstanding. Uh, five stars for Kristoff. Uh, the yeah. match was was hella good. It went it went a, a long time mm-hmm. and it, it got everything out of it that I wanted to. Shingo came out looking like a fucking beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that yeah, was okay. one of the matches I was most looking forward to in the G1 this year. Uh, I'm glad to hear it lived up to all the expectations. Yes. Uh, like that's going to be the thing I, I load after we we finish recording. Um, yes, I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm very happy to hear it was good. And and hopefully this tournament makes Shingo a made man in New Japan because he's he's got all of the tools to be a top guy there. He he really does. He has the look. He has the attitude. He has the the, the style. He has the uh, you know the move set. He's a fucking boss. And uh, you know the best of the super juniors really got me into him. And this is just confirming everything. Him dealing with the big guys here. And Naito, you know Naito's fucking god tier at this level. Um, just just going out there and bringing it. And you know just his facial expressions uh are are a 10 his mannerisms his tranquilo uh, you know he's he's fucking outstanding so yeah that's that that was match of the night uh right up there with sonata and okada for me over the past couple days there's been a lot of good wrestling in the g1 the past couple days i'm happy to get a couple day break yeah Uh, wednesday will be the next show and then i think they're doing they're running back the friday saturday sunday bit again next Mm -hmm. week if i'm not mistaken so uh so that'll be it right uh, yeah that that leads to night 18 yeah that's the finals uh this weekend 
which is fucking crazy. Uh, looking at the G1 standings right now, A Block, Okada leads with 12 points. We got Abushi with 10. Evil and Kenta, Evil, sorry, Evil Kenta and Tanahashi tied with eight. Sonata and Zack Saber tied with six. Then Archer, Osprey, and Fale tied with four. Um, and then in the B block, we've got Moxley with 10 points. We've got a tie between Jay White, Ishii, Goto, and Naito with eight points. Juice Robinson, Yano, Cobb, Taichi all tied with six, and Shingo with four. Um, on paper, you look at those numbers and you go, oh, okay, it's going to be an Okada Moxley finals. I still think we're going to end up with a Bushi Naito finals. Yeah, because Mox uh, came out really strong and, and won a bunch yeah. of matches, but he's on a two two match skid right now. Yeah. So if he, if he evens out, and then Naito, I'm not sure who Naito faces next. I'm not sure uh, who Naito uh, faces next. But I know Naito has yet to face Moxley, and if if they're tied and Naito beats Mox, yeah, Naito gets breaker. the Duke right there. So uh, yep. Uh, G1 math, always a fucking fun time, but I'm, I'm just going to say that, that my gut told me that the finals is going to be a Bucci Naito. Um, the points are starting to lean in that direction. Um, yeah. as much as the numbers say Okada Mox, <laughs> I think they'd save that for a later show. Um, but man, what a fucking tournament of professional wrestling again, new Japan world folks. It costs you only 999 yen a month. Yes, you get build on the first so uh just fyi is a perfect time yeah now now is literally the perfect time sign up for it catch some of those random matches we've been talking about over the past few weeks love the progress it's great fucking times yeah yeah it's it's, it's exciting to be excited about pro wrestling <laughs> right now yes uh but you know then you have the crushing uh, uh realization that seven hours of SummerSlam is coming up in a week oh, and I'm jesus just... fuck <laughs> why does yeah. it need to be 15 matches long why because they fucking hate us what chris i just i just want to let you know if when you have your little SummerSlam get together if you yeah. just accidentally put on the g1 finals instead of the entire show uh, of SummerSlam, i'm totally fine with it i i will act like it's SummerSlam the entire time <laughs> oh what oh when 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 they're doing seth Bro- oh i guess it's more japanese people instead sorry guys yeah. sorry yeah, I, yeah, I guess. yeah that's uh that's uh that's the uh that's that's the 205 japanese it's, guy it's, right it's nakamura yeah? it's nakamura and yeah. they're they're having yeah. it they're Tazawa. Having i couldn't yeah. even think of his fucking name <laughs> That's how that's a little of an impact he's made. There's <laughs> the flippy dude, the flippy, the flippy yellow guy on 205 Live. It's the cruise doors, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Oh, hip, 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 guy, that guy. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's what he does. Uh, SummerSlam's gonna be awful. Yeah, probably. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughhouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to The Roughhouse at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough pod. house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay
Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The Rough House Podcast is brought to you by the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well. If you want to like me, have a good talk style words with your speech, simply make sure that you cut the promo for people to be like, yeah, that man has the points for with talking app. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is now accepting applications for prospective new students. Are you an aspiring pro wrestler but not sure if you can handle yourself on the stick? Then call the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well to hone your craft just like the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. For example, Claire Lynch, that ain't a, that's not a good. So I was like, uh-uh. And and then Dixie Carter, she said, hmm. And I'm like, you got it because I'm, I'm the one that's pheno- phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one here in this environment of wrestling. All right, we got six sides. Unlike Die four now, AJ. We got four sides in the one. This is my house, and this is where I live. I'm the best. I'm the best that's ever been in the world. Because I'm the best that there is. Be the best that there is, just like AJ Styles. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well will make sure you're ready to take the squared circle by vociferous force. Classes include Spitting Hot Fire 101, Advanced Pipe Bomb Dropping, and Mush Mouth Management. Send in your application now to the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well and make yourself phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and if you have desires to speak in a fashion much than the way that I have done talks before with the way I've done words all the, with my mouth. I make speak and people go, man, and then I kick people. Usually it heads, I, my head I'm in the, I kick them in the head is what I do. Um, I'm a uh, total knockout. E, EC, TNA. TNA is what I'm in. Because that's, that's where I'm Really hoping I get hired by the WWE. I'll wear a mask. I hear there's a SIM card open. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is located in the Deep South, right in front of Foreign Object Warehouse and perpendicular to the KFC.